Thank you, Jessica. As we hear that word from the book of Revelation, we come now to the gospel reading for today from the gospel of John, chapter 18, beginning in the 33rd verse. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we dig into this text today, I'm going to begin by picking a fight. And uh, I'm going to ask you a question in just a moment. And because it could be very contentious for some of us, don't raise your hand if the question is yes, all right? I want you to get along out in the centrum after worship today. So here's the question. Have you started playing Christmas music yet? (laughs) Have you started decorating your home for Christmas yet? I know for some of us, since it's not yet Thanksgiving, those are fighting words, right? And yet we have these seasons to help us remember, to remember not to forget that which is important. I mean, some of us still have our Halloween decorations up, right? It is getting about that time to decorate and to celebrate. And we get asked this question throughout the season, are you ready? It's a pressure-filled question oftentimes, right? On Wednesday night this week, we'll worship. We'll give thanks to God. And then Thursday, we'll give thanks again, and we'll feast in that Thanksgiving. And then next Sunday, next weekend, we'll have our first weekend, if you can believe it, of the season of Advent, the coming, the arrival of Christ. As we celebrate Advent next weekend, and it seems like things are just rushing in, It's a good time to remember to remember. In one of my favorite books in 2020, the author who wrote the book Secularosity quotes the essayist Andrew Sullivan, who believes that the reason we live in a culture increasingly without faith is not because science has somehow disproved the unprovable, but because the white noise of secularism has removed the very stillness which it might endure or might be reborn. In our world of technology and screens and distraction, 
It's easy, that author will continue to write, to distract us from the core pain which many of us, oftentimes all of us feel. You know what that is? I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And so because of that reality, we try to distract ourselves from it or, or we do the opposite. We, we, we return on the hours and start working in a whole different kind of distraction. He reports that we record about 1,788 hours at work every year. That's at least 100 to 300 hours more than our counterparts in other nations. Now, we often will post on our social media sites, hey, I just need to get away from it all. But the truth is, we also leave hours upon hours of vacation hours on the table at the end of the year. Because we're trying to be or do enough. And what we decorate for and what we get ready for in the coming days and weeks is not about you being enough. And so on this Sunday, in the season of the church calendar and the church year that helps us remember to remember, we have what I'm going to call a full stop. A full stop. For today is Christ the King Sunday. And we remember that Christ is Lord of all. He's the King of Kings. And He is where we will still stand. Where we decorate or where we put our focus or where we put our hopes in and the things that we often do in this broken world. We do that so we can oftentimes experience joy and peace and love and we'll hear those messages just around the corner and the commercials will come on and say, try hard so you can have peace. And then we're invited to love this broken world and our own brokenness. If we're really to have, however, joy, peace, and love, and love for a world that might not even love us back, then we have to put our hope somewhere else, not in your enoughness or mine, but in whose reign isn't just here and now, but is, as we heard in Jesus' conversation with Pilate, eternal. So maybe intellectually on this Christ the King Sunday, you can see the evidence in history and in God's word that Jesus, in fact, is the king. But the question for me and for you is, Jesus, your king, in every facet of your life, is he our king in this place called Faith Lutheran? Is where you're putting your hope in as you evaluate your time and energy and thoughts and process and everything that you do, is it really a reality that can hold up to the realities of this life? A roundtable of Lutheran theologians were discussing this day, the Christ the King weekend, 
And they were talking about the trials and circumstances that you and I face every day. Not to be dismissed or ignored because it's oftentimes brutal or difficult. At the very least exhausting as you go through your week. But those trials and circumstances they will discuss will not decide your eternity. Those trials that you are preoccupied by and I'm preoccupied by, those difficulties that our world is facing right now, they will not determine our eternity. But Jesus, the King, will make that determination. He says, I've come to bear witness to the truth. That Greek word there, aletheia, for truth, is echoing another older word from Hebrew, amuna, the same scholars will talk about. Amuna is where we get that word, amen. How can we say amen? We say it with the to the voice of the king, King Jesus. The voice of the one where truth resides. There's a pastor, Helmut Philick. He was a well-known preacher in Germany during World War II. He was well-known for many reasons and later a well-known theologian, but well-known because he stood up against National Socialism and the Nazi Party and remained faithful preaching the good news and the truth of God's word. He was part of a church called the Confessing Church that would not relinquish the truth truth of the gospel and would continue to preach it. After his little congregation was, a church building had been destroyed during one of the bombing raids He preached to his frightened flock, saying that he who has the victory in the last hour can endure the next few minutes. Let me read that again. He who has the victory in the last hour can endure the next few minutes. And what is it that we have? We have the victory in the last hour from Christ who will come again and who reigns as king. It's the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So we can boldly pray, amen. So when Jesus encounters Pilate, we had some jurisdiction problems. Because Pilate's jurisdiction, which he was trying to draw Jesus into, was not the jurisdiction that Jesus was speaking from. You see, Pilate, he was concerned about his job. We know from history that the point in this congregation, he'd already blown it a few times. We know things like having his soldiers carry banners emblazoned with the images of Tiberius into Jerusalem did not go over well by the local Jewish leaders. And when they protested, he didn't handle it very well either because he savagely and rashly 
attacked those protesters. Not learning his lesson, he foolishly later had his soldiers raid the sacred Korban treasury from the temple. And then later, when they protested that, he put some plain clothed soldiers into the protest crowds so that he could attack them from within. He continued his misstep by having a, a votive shields bearing Tiberius's image at Herod's palace, near where his headquarters was. And reports to Caesar about Pilate's missteps were mounting. So when the Jews came to him, he needed to please the locals to keep his job. And he wanted Jesus to admit something illegal, that he was a political king, that he had come to take over Caesar. Then he could easily give the Jewish leaders what they wanted. But Jesus, unknown to Pilate, takes over the conversation. Jesus says, if my kingdom were of this world, I wouldn't be here with you. We'd be battling. Which is actually a good statement of fact when you consider that Pilate had about 3,000 soldiers that he oversaw. And when he was down from his headquarters in Caesarea, now in Jerusalem, for the Passover feast, he probably only had about 300 soldiers there in Jerusalem. Jesus' followers, had it been that kind of revolution, probably could have taken over. But his kingdom, Jesus says, is not of this world. His kingdom, now here, as one scholar put it, the incarnate word speaking the embodiment of eternal truth and now revealed on earth in a particular time and place. And Jesus reveals the eternal nature of his kingdom. And we can either accept it or reject it, recognize that Christ is the truth. You see, friends, that that congregation that had bombs falling, as they did for Helmut Thilk's congregation, that they recognized that the one who had the last word would help us through these few minutes. Jesus is saying, he will see us on the last hour into eternity. Whatever bombs might be falling in your world, whatever difficulties and challenges that might be in your face right now, Jesus comes as the voice of an embodiment of truth. It says you can make it through these last few minutes because the victory I give you in eternity. This isn't just a word of law of is Jesus actually Lord of every area of your life? And it certainly is that. And that's why we come confessing our sins. But it's also a word of hope. That whatever's 
dropping in on your life right now. It cannot overcome you. That same German pastor talking about a day like this, Christ the King Sunday, remembering that Christ will come again, writes this. Suddenly everything comes to an end. All cares, all rejoicing, all sighing and crying and working. The world becomes silent. Every eye looks heavenward and sees, recognizes in the midst of the angels, the one whose concealed life is now revealed. This isn't just way over Pilate's jurisdiction. It's over everything you are facing today. Everything. According to theologian Ted Peters, once we realize that we can get out of the business of justifying ourselves, of trying to be enough, then the whole life we lead in this world looks a whole lot different. Because Jesus loved us first, we can begin to love the broken world around us. It changes everything. It doesn't make those bombs falling e- less difficult, but we know that we can stand these last few minutes because of the one who gives us victory in the last hour. And who is that one? Jesus the King. He says, I am the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus is our King. I pray Today, he would be your king. Amen.